the number one thing is to know who you're dealing with. So if it's somebody that you are purchasing from Facebook Marketplace um, or a website that isn't generally, you know, used or known, um, just really do your homework before entering your card information or before making that purchase from that individual um, and verify that it is a legitimate purchase before moving forward. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliffs. I'm a friend and partner of Community America, and I'm excited for this conversation. We're, we're nearing the holidays, which means lots of things, but it certainly means increased buying, <laughs> at least if you're uh, a member of, of our household. That seems to be how it goes. And today we're going to chat through the topic of fraud. We're going to have Roxanne Doss back with us for the third time. Is that right, Roxanne? It is. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Remind us and our listeners um, who you are, what your title is, what you do here at the credit union. Yep. My name is Roxanne Doss. I am the manager of the Fraud and Financial Investigations Department for Community America. Such an amazing title and role, and we're grateful to have you back again, Tyler Rain. Tyler, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tyler Rain. I'm the Director of Fraud and Financial Investigations with Community America Credit Union. Awesome. Well, we're grateful to have you on the podcast and, and certainly your expertise, both of you having this expertise as we enter the holiday season, which again is um, is an increased time to purchase. <laughs> and, and, and along with that, the unfortunate reality is it's also an increase time for how fraudsters and scammers are aiming to take advantage of those habits and and sometimes um, the, the generosity, right? The generosity of our buying for others can get taken advantage of. So today we're going to be really practical. We're going to give you six tips that you should review to help protect yourself and your loved ones online, especially, and, and certainly in stores as well. But specifically, we see lots of this online behavior, and we're going to give you six practical tips to help over these next few months. Does that sound good? Let's Sounds great. It. Okay, let's rock and roll. So um, I guess before we get to number one, give us the broad brush strokes of why this topic matters and why now. I think spending and buying around the holidays um, increases fraud due to the fact that everybody's out there looking for the best deal. Um, so people that are selling to make more money for the holidays, they want the best deal for what they're selling. And then those buying, you know, that hot item, whatever it may be this year, uh, they want to find the best deal they can find on it. And fraudsters know that. You know, they'll they'll target consumers for that very reason. And, you know, just like the consumers are looking for hot deals. The fraudsters are looking to capitalize on those opportunities as well. Yeah, absolutely. And there's these these couple big pillars coming up on our calendar beyond Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but Black Friday, Cyber Monday, massive amounts of traffic, both from a digital footprint standpoint and a physical store footprint. So as these 
what I think are, are they, they're now holidays, essentially. <laughs> I mean, Black right. Friday and Cyber Monday are treated like holidays. So for us to educate our members is this is a really important time to do that. All right, Roxanne, give us our very first tip. So I think with it being a holiday season, gift cards are pretty popular. Um, so I think something to watch out for is individuals reaching out, um, wanting payment via gift card. Um, so fraudsters use this to get money in their hands quickly. Um, mm-hmm. They usually want you to purchase the gift card and then send them a picture of the gift card or read the card number off to them over the phone. So that way they can take those funds from the gift card very quickly. Um, so if it's something where you feel like that, um, you know, somebody's pressuring you to do that, um, they the fraudsters will create a sense of urgency in order to make you feel like you do need to go out there and make that gift card purchase, uh, even though you may think it's it's odd. Um, they will pressure you into doing that um, so they can get that money quickly. Yeah, and the whole point of that is really just kind of get you off your game, right? You're, when you have a sense of urgency, a sense of panic, you don't necessarily stop and, and think about what you're doing. You just do it because, you know, you're concerned and you want to get it resolved. So fraudsters know that and, and they they target uh, people's emotions to uh, to perpetrate the fraud. Are these obvious scams? Are they sophisticated gift card scams? Like what's kind of the range of sophistication on these? You know, it, it, it varies greatly. You know, it depends on the level of effort. We've seen things that are as, as obvious as they could be and then others where it's really difficult to tell, even for uh, professionals such as myself. Uh, you know, sometimes you really have to take a hard look and it could just be uh, the same web page and everything. The only thing that's off is maybe a, a character in the website address or in the email address. You know, it's it's getting really hard as you know, technology becomes more sophisticated. The, the fraudsters are able to use it to uh, to target individuals. So what is the recommendation on gift cards? I think if somebody's asking you to purchase a gift card in order to pay for an item or send them money somehow, that that should be a red flag. And, and that's something you should take a look at and, and see if, you know, if it's a legitimate purchase, then how can I pay them in a legitimate way? Because gift cards are usually not the best option. What's number two? What would be the next helpful tip for our members? Well, with a lot of the holiday shopping going on, you know, everything's e-commerce now. So you're going to receive a lot more uh email notifications from the shipping companies on the status of your order. So just making sure that when you receive a a shipping notification that it's legitimate and that you're not clicking on a malicious link that uh, could result in uh, some additional fraud. Are those coming through, same question, email, text? Like how, how are these fraudulent shipping links showing up and what do they look like? I think it could be both. So you could get an email saying that, you know, your shipping's been delayed and to click on this to see where it's at. And it could be something that would lead you to another site where they're asking for other information. Um, Or it could be a text where you're getting a message to click on a link again. Um, And just making sure that it's a valid email or text and making sure that there's no misspellings in those um, because that's how fraudsters are going to get you. They want you to click on that link so they can get further information from you. So just reading through everything very carefully and not getting to click happy. <laughs> That's well said. This is maybe a silly question, but what's the intent? If it's a fraudulent shipping notification, are they ultimately then asking for you to increase, like to pay extra to get your package delivered quickly? Or what, what's in it for them on these shipment notification frauds? 
Well, I think there's a variety of components. The first one that comes to mind for me is validating that they have a legitimate email, right? As they continue to perpetrate fraud in the future, they know that this is a good contact and that they can try to target you going forward in other ways. Hmm. Um, the other aspect of it is, you know, when you click on it, it generally directs you to a new page. And um, they will ask for personally identifiable information. So that could be uh, login information to that particular website. So if it's like a Amazon shipping notification, they may take you to a fake Amazon page and ask you to input your username and password. And then at that point, they would have those credentials and mm. could potentially go to your actual Amazon account and order uh, transactions under or, or purchase transactions under your profile. Um, then, you know, although we tell members not to use the same username and password, we're all human. And um, <laughs> I know that we do. And that will then allow them to take that information and possibly, you know, target other websites mm. that, that you may be using with the same credentials. What is the recommendation to validate? Because there probably is lots of, at least, again, according to my home, it seems like we're, there are lots of shipments arriving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of which we may have may have uh, purchased as a gift and forgotten yeah. we purchased it. So like when you are trying to verify shipping, what is the recommendation? I think going directly to that site. So if it's an email from Amazon, go to Amazon directly. Don't click on anything with an email or text. Um, if it's a FedEx shipping notification, go directly to FedEx and put in that confirmation number. See if it's legitimate. That's awesome. Super helpful. Okay, number three, Roxanne, tee us up for number three. Okay, so this is kind of the flip side, right? We're not buying, but maybe we're selling. We're trying to make money for the holidays so that we can make those purchases for our loved ones and whatnot. So a lot of people are looking for extra income this time of year. Um, and just being mindful of all of the online job scams that are out there. Hmm. Um, making sure that if you um, apply for a job online that you're not getting paid up front. Um, most legitimate businesses will not do that, right? So you're not going to get a check in the mail for $5,000 for a job you haven't done yet. Um, making sure that the information you're entering into any site that you may be applying for a job is legitimate. Hmm. Making sure that you're not clicking on a link within an email, you know, go directly to that site again. Um, and just making sure that the information you're sharing makes sense for the job you're applying for. How can well, that, that's it's seems an interesting to me. So they're mailing fraudulent checks in advance of work being performed. Like physical checks or is it showing up in a like how, what's that look like? It's usually a physical check. Yes. So we do have um, members that fall victim to this scam um, and they feel that uh, they're, be, they're being told, you know, we're going to send you this check and we need you to go purchase some a, a laptop to do the job sort of thing. Um, and so they're depositing that check into their account and they're going out and purchasing that laptop possibly, but then that check is returning as a bad check and then that member is out that money. Jeez. Um, so yeah, it's usually a physical check that's mailed. We've also seen an uptick in members allowing access into their online banking to receive some of these checks. And, mm. you know, that um, in and of itself is probably one of the bigger challenges that we face right now. Um, and really no business, no reputable business by any means would actually ask for your online banking credentials to be able to deposit an item into your account, especially for uh, job purposes. And a lot of these checks are not from the, the company that I may have applied yeah. for, right? So maybe mm -hmm. I applied for a job at ABC Company, but the check is coming from 
you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, completely out of the realm of what I just applied for. Yeah, that's that's a great point, especially when, you know, for our, our members to kind of help keep an eye out for things like this. One, again, we won't ask or no one should ask for your account information mm. to receive a check for one. But then to Roxanne's point, you know, the business may be based in Kansas City, but the check itself says it's from New York or Florida, you know, somewhere entirely out of state. It might be like a trucking company when the business is saying that it's, you know, an office supply mm -hmm. company or something to that effect. So completely unrelated, out of area is what we generally see. Yeah, it's fascinating because, you know, the, uh, in, to your, use your point or your word, Tyler, the legitimate use, there there are HR processes that get your ACH so you can get direct deposit. So I, I could see how there could be some confusion on, hey, well, they need my bank account information to direct deposit the funds. That that could I could see how that could be confusing at times. Yeah, bank account information, though, is separate from login credentials, right? And I think that's the biggest you know distinguishing factor here is your, your bank account information doesn't allow access into your account. Whereas your online credentials allow someone to actually physically go in and view your accounts. That's a great point. That's a really good point. And I think a lot of our members that share their stories with us, um, they haven't even been interviewed yet. They haven't even got the job yet. And then all of a sudden they have this check in the mail. Jeez. Mm. Um, let's transition to number four here, Tyler. So I think it's an interesting transition as you talk about legitimizing your online access. Um, what's number four? What's our number four tip? To purchase directly through reputable stores. And, you know, for me, I think this is um, a challenge with social media especially because as we uh, peruse through Facebook and Instagram and all those social media sites, you know, they, they – they they're such appealing. Yeah. To, they're how so do they know I loved us. all yeah. that stuff? <laughs> exactly. You know how how do they know anything? Especially when you're just talking about it, and two seconds later you have an ad about it. Yeah, that's right. But um, you know that that's a prime target for fraudsters to be able to um, put article or ads up to target people to buy products. And a lot of times, you know, it's fake products or it's just cop images that they've stolen from other websites that they put up there, you know, anything to make it appealing. And, and as Roxanne hit on earlier, um, everyone's looking for that great deal, mm. right? So the fraudsters know it. And so they will uh, kind of use m multiple tactics to, to appeal to our members. So really going to a reputable website, um, uh, established retails, established e-commerce businesses to purchase any goods. Hmm. What are some clear signs that a website is fake or fraudulent? I would say if you do your own Google search or internet search of that um, business and reading reviews, making sure um, other people have purchased from them and had good experiences, um, I definitely use that in my day-to-day -day every time I'm doing something online. Reviews are key. Yeah, I think also just as you navigate through the website, you know, legitimate websites have a, a natural look and feel to them. And as you're uh, browsing through a website, if they don't have like active working links, misspellings. A, yeah, yeah, a lot of websites will also let you know when they were created. If it's something that was just created recently, um, maybe not a lot of reviews to look at, I would probably think twice about buying from them. That's a great point. Yeah, that's good. Are, are they also making 
whatever it might be, false claims, unrealistic promises, like kind of, I mean, the, the silly but true cliche of, of don't, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not, right? Like I, I'm assuming some of these false sites are so provocative in their promises that it that it's uh, yeah. quite, quite obvious to most, but some fall victim to it. Well, especially when you see, um, you know, like 70% off, right, on a particular product where it's no reasonable person could truly sell it for that. Or they, they may sell it and send it to you, but what you get is not what you paid for, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's not just about getting scammed and, and you not getting the product. You may pay for something and you may get it, but it's not what you truly paid for. How does this intersect with places like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, where, where it's not just a business, but it's a, now it's an individual representing an item? I'm sure there's an increase in that type of activity as well around the holidays. Yeah, when you when you think about you know who can pay for ad space on these websites, right? There's really no. Um, I don't want to say there's no due diligence, but there's limited due diligence about the validity of the ads, right? So they're just buying their ad time and can kind of post whatever they want um, on there. So there's definitely a spike during the holidays um, on social media sites. I also think if you're going to purchase from a site that doesn't, isn't maybe as familiar as some of the big box store sites, um, then you should probably choose to purchase that with your credit card instead of your debit card, Hmm. um, as you are a little more protected when you purchase with your credit card versus your debit card. Um, You know, if it's something where you do purchase it and then you realize later on that, oh, I never got that product, it's a lot easier to dispute that item with your credit card company than um, had you used your debit card. Yeah, that's great. Okay, Roxanne, keep going. Number five. Um, So another tip that you could do when you're buying online is to choose to uh, check out as a guest instead of creating a whole new username and password for that particular site. Um, It really just helps um, protect you from having, you know, that same username and password that we talked about before that we all kind of fall victim to. if you check out as a guest, you don't have to do all that. You may have to enter in your email address for that information to go to for your receipt and things like that. But you're not creating that whole new profile in that site that you're maybe only going to be using that one time to make that purchase. So it's, it's just a little cheat to do if you're shopping online is to just check out as a guest instead of creating a profile. Yeah, when you think of all the data breaches that we have and throughout the history and especially in the last you know, 10, 20 years, hmm. um, you know, trying to limit the amount of information that you have to share and, and with as many companies as possible, I think is key. I'm encouraged to know that checking out as a guest out of laziness is also a good protective <laughs> measure. So I'm I like, oh, too. man, I have to t- t- create another profile, <laughs> yep. do the thing. And I love it when I see that button. <laughs> like, yes, please. Always a guest. I'll, I'll be a guest here. Absolutely. All right, Tyler, um, give us number six. Uh, so using public Wi-Fi, you know, as tempting as it may be, especially when you're out and about to connect to public Wi-Fi's, uh, we strongly encourage against it. Um, you never know who, what Wi-Fi network you're connecting to, who can actually view that Wi-Fi network, um, how secure it is. Um, there's times where people specifically set up public Wi-Fi networks in order for people to connect to it and to steal uh, personal identifiable information. 
including, you know, they, they can see anything you're doing on your computer, any click you make, any keystroke you, you input, they can see it all. Yeah, that's uh, this one's like, oh, shoot, I think I'd probably do that a lot. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize that their public Wi-Fi is always turned on on their phone. So you have to manually turn that off. Um, otherwise, you're picking up Wi-Fi everywhere you go. Um, so that is in the settings on pretty much any um, electronic device is to turn that on and off yourself. Um, so being aware of that and making sure that you turn it on when you want it on versus it just being on all the time. Yeah, man, that's yeah, that's very, very practical. And especially as we're all out and about this holiday season to not do that is a really helpful tip <laughs> especially as you're traveling yeah 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 you know, you a lot of travel either for personal or business and so you, you definitely need to make sure you're being secure um, you know there are some things that can help with that if you have like a personal hotspot mm. that you're able to connect uh, any type of electronic device to that would be ideal uh, over any uh, wi-fi network sure yeah that's these are all really helpful. Before we wrap, are there is there a story or two that comes to mind of members who unfortunately have fallen victim to some one or multiple of these scams in the last couple of years in terms of the holiday season? So I think we've talked a lot about how to shop this holiday season and how to safely shop. Um, but there are some other holiday scams uh, that we've seen at the Credit Union. Um, there are it's a credit card scam basically so um you know everybody wants that money to spend around the holidays um and a lot of times members will fall victim to a scam where somebody's offering to pay off that credit card for you so that way that increases your limits so you can go spend more on what you want to spend spend money on um so that's something we see a lot around the holidays is members falling victims to they're, they're basically false payments on their credit cards um, so they think their credit card is getting paid off by somebody um, when, in fact, it, it, that payment is returned. And then that member is owing double that credit card mm. payment. Well, I think what you said is, is key, too, right? So, you know, from, from the member perspective, they have all the risk associated with this stuff for the most part. I mean, fraudsters, all they care about is getting the money. So once they perpetrate the fraud... And if a deposit is made or a fake payment is made and, you know, that money is spent, that comes back onto the member. And now they're uh, potentially liable for that loss. I would say one of the, the misconceptions that there often is, is is that when these frauds happen, um, I'm not going to be liable for it. That That's not always the case. There is some risk to the member there where they could be, you know, financially uh, liable for this. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, let's try to. I know we've had we've talked a lot of specifics, but if we could do our best to summarize three key takeaways, yep. what would be the highlights of the conversation that we want members to shop safely and and um, enjoy peacefully their holiday season? Roxanne, I think the number one thing is to know um, who you're dealing with. So if it's somebody that you are purchasing from Facebook Marketplace um, or a website that isn't generally, you know, used or known, um, just really do your homework before entering your card information or before making that purchase from that individual um, and verify that it is a legitimate purchase before moving forward. 
Awesome. What's number two, Tyler? I would say, you know, anyone can become a, a victim of a scam. Hmm. Right? It doesn't matter if you're younger, you're older, um, how tech savvy you are. There's so many ways for scams to occur and so many uh, ways for them to contact you that truly anyone can become a victim of scams. So, you know, be aware, um, be mindful and, you know, protect yourself. Hmm. And what's what I think is interesting about your point there is the sophistication of the scams are increasing. So so th- those noticeable difference are maybe more subtle at times or more um, nuanced. And, and even the tech savvy people, folks, to your point, are having a hard time understanding the legitimacy of them. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Especially around the holidays when you're wanting to get that, that one item for that person that you've been looking for the best deal on. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Roxanne, number three. So I think the the last thing to leave you with today is just that the holidays bring a sense of urgency. So just be mindful of what you're doing. Um, you know, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Um, make sure you're making those purchases uh, with your security in mind and keeping your personal information safe. It's awesome. What resources are available for members to, if they have questions, concerns, issues, where, where would we point them? There's a plethora of resources out there. <laughs> Great word, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, thank plethora. you. Yeah, plethora. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a plethora. We have uh, fraud prevention tools available on our uh, website, uh, cacu.com. We have a fraud prevention page that members can go to and use as a resource. And then um, you know, the government has some great resources out there too, the Federal Trade Commission that uh, often keeps up on scams and uh, raises awareness around uh, uh, current scams for consumers. And I think if you uh, ever have a question as a member, feel free to come into a branch and have that conversation with go. us. Um, give us a call. We'd be happy to walk you through it. Uh, we may ask you some unusual questions, but the more you can tell us, the better we can help you. What is an example of an unusual in unusual question that may be asked? We ask a lot of questions. Process. We ask, you know, where did you receive that check? Who did you receive mm. it from? Where are you expecting it? You know, all of those mm. things where sometimes the members are like, why are you asking me that? <laughs> yeah. So it's good to know those things so that way we can show them the red flags of a possible scam. Super helpful. Happy holidays and all the all the potential danger. I wanted to wish you all happy holidays. Hope you have a great holiday season. Hope it's a safe one from a financial perspective for all of our members. And I'm really grateful, Tyler and Roxanne, for the conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. Look forward to next time. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.